seekers, explorers and uh, renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. I think it's quite apt to put a mascara, mascara warning on today's episode. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Nicholas Richard, who's an old friend of mine, who's uh, certainly gone through the ringer, as it were, in terms of his life experiences. In this episode, we get to hear about his uh, upbringing, his uh, young adulthood, as it were, and uh, kind of his uh, journey towards where he is today. Despite of all of Nikki's uh, trials and tribulations, uh, there is a, a tremendously empowering message in this story, and uh, really a journey of uh, healing and reconciliation. That is super important, I feel, and uh, it's uh, one that will tug on your heartstrings for sure. Nikki is today doing tremendously important work for uh, helping to better humanity and uh, better the situation for uh, those disadvantaged in the world. So uh, it is a pleasure for us to certainly have him come here and share his story for the really for the first time publicly. And uh, I hope you will enjoy his company as much as we did. So lean in, enjoy the journey. As always, I'll start off with a quote, just to uh, set the, the intention and topic for the, uh, the discussion today. And this, or the, this excerpt comes from uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, her book, Very Good Lives, The French Benefits of Failure and the Importance of Imagination. She writes, I was set free because my greatest fear had already been realized and I was still alive and I still had my daughter whom I adored and I had an old typewriter and a big idea. And so rock bottom became the solid foundation on which to rebuild my life. So with that quote, I would like to introduce to you my Old friend, schoolmates, uh, Nicholas Richard, also known as Nicky. Um, and I'll uh, let him uh, kind of speak a little bit about his background and uh, kind of where he comes from. And then we'll go into kind of the idea of uh, why he is here to talk to us today. So, Nicky, hello, welcome. Thank you. So uh, this is the first time I'm I'm uh, into a podcast. So so I'm uh, not used to to the framework of a podcast. So so, uh, but I can uh, talk a little bit about myself. Uh, uh, my name is Nikki Richards, and, and uh, I've got a little bit of a mixed background. Uh, my mother is uh, Norwegian. My father is British. I was uh, born in Finland. I grew up in Sweden. I have been uh, most of my life uh, fleeing from myself. So I've been uh, moving from country to country. So I've been moving between uh, Sweden and Norway quite a lot. Uh, I uh, moved and lived in Switzerland for seven years. And and uh, then I had uh, two years down in Dubai. So, um, what can I talk about today? <laughs> well, the uh, just to kind of uh, hang on to the, that for a second. 
I mean, that's something I've done as well. Is this, uh, you know, you, you've moved from country to country and you experience new things, which is great. Um, but it's, it's this idea, are you running from something or are you running to something, right? Are you, are you moving towards a goal or are you moving away from something un uncomfortable, right? And, and uh, that, 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 that's a good question because uh, I've got three stages of life, which, which uh, one was uh, I was uh, running from uh, uh, and then trying to, to, to see what, 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 what kind of areas could be better for me. Uh, but, but it was a good, good, good time at that, at, that, at that time. You know, I was young. Uh, uh, grew up in a boarding school, uh, moved a lot around uh, from city to city, and, and uh, that was trying to build my career, uh, basically. And, and uh, things went quite well, you know, uh, with work and, and, and uh, both work and income and studying. Uh, but during this time, you know, I always felt that I didn't fit in. Uh, properly, you know, I always felt uh, a little bit off. Um, it's quite hard to 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 really pinpoint it. Uh, but uh, then I, I achieved success. I started several companies that I was, uh, you know, uh, involved with, and and and. Uh, uh, made a few exits, which was which was great, you know. And, and uh, uh, then I thought of uh, moving to Switzerland just to get, uh, you know, uh, get away from actually the family. Uh, <laughs> that was the main reason. So when it, when you had these successes with these companies, what what period of time was that? Um... Uh, that was uh, um, from the age of. Uh, 24, uh, 24 to, to I was uh, 20, uh, 27, 28 years old, you know, so uh, that was the age span. And I, I, I had a, one, one thing that was uh, my big issue that I, I always wanted to be like my brother. So, so uh, my brother was a successful businessman at, at the time and, and, and I looked up to him and, and uh, I did everything to be seen by him and, and uh, be able to, to, to reach a level within the family to show that I, I also uh, have something uh, to, to show off a facade, you know. And the, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I know your brother as well. And, uh... Physically, he is a looming character as well. He's, uh, what is he, like six, seven, and about 300 pounds or something? He's, <laughs> he's a big dude. Um, yeah. But also, he's a, he's a very big character, isn't he? Mm. So, yeah. you know, very charismatic and. But very, uh, very funny guy. Yeah. But there's, well, uh, we, we all have our different sides, don't we? So, <laughs> yeah. But the, um, yeah, and I mean, you obviously, go into as much detail as you feel you're comfortable. So, essentially, to give a framework here, we, we are talking about, you know, working through um, our kind of uh, as we grow or, or grow up, we, we have these. 
conditioning, we have the programming and all of that, and then we go through young adulthood and things seem to go okay, right? Mm. And then it all comes bit ahead and then we rebuild from there. So you want to start from the beginning. I mean, you and I probably have similar upbringing in terms of conditioning and so forth. So uh, give us an idea then, Nick, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Well, uh, growing up, I had a father who was British and and, uh, he was a a very hard man indeed. Uh, He he was himself uh, a, a lost person uh, when he was young because his, his mother was 44 years old in 1944 when, when he was born. So he wasn't really wanted. And, and, and uh, I think uh, growing up under his uh, regime in his house was, was a, a very uh, hard, hard thing to do because... Uh, Everything you did wrong, uh, you got you, you got you got your uh, uh, what do you call it ass kicked, <laughs> if that's the right wording. Uh, uh, so so everything I did when when I was growing up was was uh, was really hard, and and the thing that 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 I was so afraid of my father that that uh, when I came home from school I could could uh, go up to the door at at home and I can open a door and I could immediately feel the energy inside the house where I can feel uh, if if my father was happy or if he was angry or what what sort of energy was into the house uh, so it made me very uh, you know cautious of what i said and and how i said things and 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 uh, uh, i was as a, as a child very very uh, suppressed you know so and uh, of course my brother had the, had the same regime uh, and and uh, his way of lashing out was was uh, actually uh, uh, hitting hitting me when I was growing up, so I, I both got it from my father and I, I got it from my brother. So I was afraid of doing something wrong all the time, mm-hmm. and that, and that was the the the, the sort of uh, that was a setting, you know. So um, and if I said something wrong, uh, I could get uh, you know a very angry father coming out. Uh, lashing out both verbally and, and physically. And that didn't help me either because when I went to school, uh, I was bullied at school. Mm. So, uh, and I, I remember coming home uh, to my father several times and, and I would say, uh, uh, I've been bullied uh, and, and I, they, they, the other children are not, not, not nice to me. And he would always turn up to me and say, Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And, and I said, but Dad, but Dad, really, I, I, I need to, to, to talk about this. And, and, and he only replied harder and harder and, and raised his voice and said, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And then uh, that was the end of it. And I didn't get a book about feelings when I was growing up. I didn't know what a feeling was, you know. It was completely uh, uh, something new for me. You know, uh, I didn't I didn't know what happiness was, or what sadness was, or frustration, or 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 uh, any feeling. And oh, 
it took a little bit of time, but, but uh, when I was uh, 12 years old, I stood up for the first time against my father. And, and uh, I, uh, he had given me a beating uh, of uh, something I wasn't even responsible for. And, and uh, when he was finished, I stood up and looked in him into the eyes and I said, uh, when I grow up, I will hit you, I said. And then he, he stopped beating me and he sent me to boarding school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, you weren't the only one at uh, a boarding school that uh, ha- had kind of been uh, shipped off, as it were. Um, so uh, the, the, that kind of core wounding was quite, uh, quite common, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, we're, again, we weren't, it wasn't in a conducive environment to develop your emotional intelligence in <laughs> boarding school either. So. No, not at all. Um, so no, I mean that, and that's a tough one. Um, that's a really it must be a really tough to grow up in that environment. And so the, clearly today you've reconciled with a lot of these things. Um, absolutely, what, uh, but. Of course, you know, we go through that and um, you kind of, uh, then it becomes, oh, as soon as I get away from home, then I will be happy, right? Yes. And that's what, that's what happened. I came up to, to the boarding school. Uh, it was a million times better than it was at home. So for me, it was uh, very nice to, 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 to get out of the house. But, but still, uh, coming to boarding school, you have to play with the rules in that school, you know, and then uh, uh, you came into a different system, but it was much easier after that, you know, so, and uh, I can say that uh, I, I, I liked the school, but, but I didn't love the school, mm. uh, and, and uh, it continued until I was 18, uh, and I made uh, my exams, and I, I, I graduated. And then I came out into the real world uh, for the first time. Uh, I didn't have money, so so uh, I, I moved actually back to my parents, uh, and and I got a night job at a bakery, uh, industrial bakery, uh, baking bread, uh, working from uh, eleven o'clock at night until uh, six seven o'clock in the morning, and then coming home, sleeping, and and. Uh, uh it was uh quite hard to do that as well but but at least i had uh, some some income coming in at the same time uh, uh at my graduation i i i received my first car for my father and and uh, i was very happy that i got a car at the graduation uh, present present and, and uh, so so uh, i was uh, flashing around with a car working at the bakery and I was uh, dating girls and having a good time. But when I met the wrong girl, my, my father said, you know, uh, uh, if you don't break up with that girl, I'll take the car away from you. So he was actually manipulating me, even if I had, had a graduation present. I, I could not, you know, get, get rid of his control over, over me. And, and uh, I wanted to be somebody to show off that I was successful. So, so I needed a car. So it became a, 
uh, very strange uh, di dynamics between okay. us. And uh, it continued uh, for a bit, and then I decided to study. So, so uh, I went into a school. Uh, actually, I'm a dyslectic as well. So, so uh, for me, uh, going through school, uh, I had really bad grades. But I, I felt that I, I needed to study to to lift up my my uh, degree. And I went to to EOM down in Gothenburg and, and started a, a BA education in business and administration. <laughs> And I was doing this uh, at, in, at, at oh, these ears are falling out all the time. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, uh, uh, I, ca I came to that school uh, and I, 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 I didn't come in. So, so uh, they said uh, that I was too young and, and I couldn't uh, go study there and I didn't have enough experience. And uh, I got this information and, and I called up to the school and I uh, talked to the headmaster of the school and said, I want a private uh, interview, you know. Uh, so he, Thomas Ek was the principal there and, and he took me in and uh, we were sitting down talking and, and uh, uh, I said, uh, I'm a dyslectic and I know I can do this uh, course and also uh, I've got enough uh, work experience because from home, uh, my father always discussed uh, the business around the table. So after one hour's consultation with the principal, I, I uh, got admitted to the school and, and, and I was the youngest uh, <laughs> pupil uh, ever to go in, in, in UM in Gothenburg. <laughs> But uh, that was absolutely fantastic because I got the support that I needed because uh, of my dyslexia uh, and be able to study in a different way. And, and uh, uh, I did that for a while, but I was also uh, working for my father uh, because I couldn't do the night shift job anymore. So I went in, in business with my father. So then I, I got even more entangled into to, to my father and my father was paying for the school and, and I was living out of uh, the crumbles uh, of, 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 of his hand, you know, mm. um, and that was a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, I, I finished uh, studying after two years. I worked for my father for two years and, and uh, my parents were going to move. So they were going to sell their house down in Gothenburg and, and they put me in charge of, of uh, selling the house. Uh, and they came, it, it was a German couple coming from Germany up to, to look at the house and, and, and uh, I was showing them around. and. Uh, they asked me uh, what I did. Oh, and I said, well, I just finished my studies, so now I'm looking for a job. Ah, interesting. Uh, we are starting, uh, you know, a beans industry in, in uh, Scandinavia. Uh, maybe that's some, uh, something that you could do some selling for. And this was in 1998, uh, and IT was an upcoming market in... in, in uh, uh, it was completely new, you know, and I said directly, yeah, I'll, I'm interested. So, so uh, uh, I started working there uh, and, and I quit my job as my father. And, and uh, finally, I thought I was uh, going to be free. Uh, and and 
I did a very good job uh, for two months. And, and uh, then this couple that was going to move from Germany to Sweden said that we have a problem. We, we can't move to Sweden and we don't have anybody to take over the role of managing director of, of Scandinavia. And I said, oh, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, I was just jumping at anything. And, and they looked at me and said, no, no, no. You're 23 years old and you're too young. And, and uh, we can't uh, put uh, such a responsibility on you. And, and uh, I accepted what they said. And uh, I, I was still working uh, another two weeks. And suddenly I, I, I got a phone call back and said, OK, uh, if you if you do a marketing plan for the business, uh, we can we can evaluate it and see uh, if it's a possibility. But you're way too young. But uh, you know, going directly from the studies, uh, having Cutler and the marketing plans and everything in my head, and and I wanted to be like my brother, who's a successful businessman. I was, you know, sitting day and night for for two weeks making this in, enormous business plan for 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 Scandinavia for this German company, and I sent it down to them, and and then it took a little bit of while, and and after two weeks another two weeks uh, it came uh, you know a dhl packet with a ticket and uh, a voucher for 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 a car uh, with uh, down to germany so i flew down from from gothenburg to to munich in in germany and and uh, it was first class and i was wondering well, why is this first class you know 23 years old and i was feeling, you know, now I'm getting empowered and, and, and uh, came down and, and went into Avis, showed my uh, my voucher and I got a Mercedes S-Class uh, as, 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 a, as a rental car. And I, I it, you know, I was so shocked over, you know, this sudden success, you know, and and uh, I phoned my, my friends, you know, driving this uh, Mercedes down to Weilheim, which is like one and a half hours south of Munich and, and uh, uh, bragging about what I was into and, and uh, because I wanted to show off, you know. And I came down to Weilheim and, and there was like a, a ton of Mercedes standing in line and, and, and I came in and, and uh, went into a receptionist and, and uh, they said, uh, oh, they're waiting for you upstairs. Ah, so I went up upstairs and the whole board had uh, uh, conjoined and was like, uh, Landesbank Berlin, Goldman Sachs, and, and, and all the other owners sitting around the table, and everybody had my business plan on, 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 the, on their desk. And for three hours, they were, you know, asking questions about on page 22, what do you mean with this and that? And I was explaining, and, and they sent me out, and, and uh, half an hour later, I came into the room, and uh, I got a job as a uh, Mark, uh, the country director for Scandinavia uh, for this German company. At 23 I, years old. 23 years old, and, and, and I had not the experience. I was completely green behind my ears, and, and uh, I think it was a little bit too big of a success. Too soon, too fast. <laughs> too, too soon, too fast, and, and uh, 
uh, it was a, a strange, uh, you know, situation. You know, coming back to Sweden, uh, uh, running the business, hiring people, and, and suddenly I was uh, like ten people in in, in Gothenburg. Everything was moving really, really well. And then uh, something happened with the finances. Uh, so so uh, after after two years, they, they called and said, we have no more funds. And uh, I had to... Uh, I had to uh, had to take and uh, get rid get rid of the people. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, fire, firing the people, mm-hmm. and that was not an easy uh, thing to do. Uh, so I'm a very emotional person, and, and I, I take things very very hard in, in, into myself uh, by doing that. And, and uh, uh, I had I think it was like. Uh, $50,000 in debt in the Swedish company and I had to sell all the furniture and the phone systems and the computers and I remember I didn't get a salary in three months and, and I, I, I uh, had my last uh, $300 of, of uh, food uh, on, of money in my account and and I went to the shopping uh, center and I bought noodles for $300. <laughs> so I had like a big uh, what it was, a shopping cart with with uh, with noodles and I remember the the cashier was looking at me and and uh, she asked me oh, in a shock are you going to buy this much and I I replied I'm a student. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, uh, and that was not the only thing I did. That was completely mad at that time. I think I had a little bit of a breakdown because uh, I went uh, into a, a watch shop and I, I bought a Rolex just uh, on 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 credit, you know, and just because I thought I, I deserved it, you know, and and I didn't have any funds at all, you know. So the at this point. What do you think the impact of not having had the preparation of the emotional resourcedness to work through all the stuff that's happening? Um, so at this point, from what I understand, you, your emotional intelligence was quite quite yeah. low. Zero. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh... so being a being a sensitive person, and you know, I'm same way. You know, grew up and. Always being told, don't be so sensitive, and you know, suppress your emotions, and don't show anything, and all of this mm. good stuff. You know, stiff up a lip, as it were. Yeah. Um, so going through this experience, what's going on inside you? Do you feel is are things like just piling on, or are you able to release uh, what, what's mm. working through your? It, it's piling on. Uh, all the problems are piling on because uh, I have to show my family that I'm successful mm. in some sort of way. So there, there is this element of uh, fear of judgment. Yeah. Right. So, and by this time I was down in Gothenburg and, and, and uh, uh, luckily a IT company in Norway uh, had heard about that I had closed down the business in a good way and I had talked to the clients and divided the, the different uh, invoices up and paid everything. So, and, and this was Framfab. I don't know if uh, anybody knows what this is, but it's, 
it was uh, Europe's biggest uh, IT company. Uh, so they had an open uh, office in, in Halden in Norway. And and uh, I accepted directly <laughs> getting because I didn't have any income, you know. So so I actually uh, moved to Norway and 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 uh, uh, went into this company and and tried to be the big man, you know, uh, dressing up in 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 good clothing and and uh, having you know good shoes and and and. Uh, uh, doing my best to get into the the the, the IT market in Norway. So you're playing a part that you perceive is what you should look like or what you should be. It's it's so. Are are you experiencing in hindsight? Are you experiencing some sense of detachment or disassociation or what's the because obviously there's something else, there's a different story going on inside, right? Yeah, it's a different story, but I, I I haven't really been able to to put a finger on 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 what it was then. I think I I I I was trying to become larger than life, mm. uh, and I think that well, that was uh, the idea you have had of your brother, right? Yeah, that he was larger than life, so therefore you had to be as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to prove something, and 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 uh, uh, you know it, it it follows me all all through through everything I have done. Uh, you know, it's trying to be somebody that I'm not, uh, and and that that that, that uh, is 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 a feeling that has been haunting me. You know, uh, most most of my life. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I came into that new job, and and uh, I'm a happy guy, so so I I'm always lifting people's spirits, and 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 the people feel happy around me because I I try to empower them, but feeling lousy inside and doing that at the same time, you know, you're you're emptying something and you're giving somebody else uh, uh, something which you don't have, so it's a facade. Yeah. And this went uh, quite well. Uh, I was at the company for two, another two years. So, so it was the first year was in Halden. And then uh, the second year I was uh, rented out the sister company. And, and uh, we started a, a, a Bredbandsfabrik. And it's, it's part of Telia now. And I was a content manager for, for, for this, this company. And... and uh, uh, it went also very well, very well. You know, we were selling uh, well and, and earning well. And then this I, is before the IT crash, right? Yeah, and now the IT crash is coming, mm. and 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 suddenly from from uh, one day to another, uh, the company uh, was in shambles. Uh, uh, we had the the the. the the employees, uh, the the management tried to sell the company uh, to to the employees, uh, the Norwegian part, and I was asking questions that was uh, uncomfortable for for the management. So so they 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 let me go uh, with the with the package, which was uh, quite well. So so uh, so I took it and and I left, and then I didn't have a job, and I was in Norway. So. Actually, then I I didn't know what to do, so so I called my brother, and uh, my brother said, "Well, we're, uh, some of the, some of our friends are starting a company in in uh, Sweden, in Stockholm. Uh, it's Media Planet. Uh, do you want to join?" 
And I said, absolutely, I'll, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't even negotiate, you know, so, so, uh, so uh, I took the job and I, I, I got a, a part ownership. Uh, we were, um, me and my brother, we had 25% of the company and, and uh, three others had, had the, the rest of, of the company. And uh, we were four guys sitting in a basement in Stockholm selling advertising for, for uh, newspapers. And uh, we grew we grew so quickly. Also, in the first year, we were uh, 25 people. Uh, we had a good business model that we had a good liquidity in the company. So, so we got paid by our clients uh, faster than than uh, we had to pay the publishing house. You know, so uh, uh, we could use that money to to expand the business and and. Uh, my colleagues uh, and I were sitting down and they said, let's expand. So, so uh, who wants Norway? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I uh, actually went and started with Media Planet Norway and my colleagues went to Denmark, Finland, England and Germany and started Media Planet down there. And the same thing happened there. You know, suddenly uh, we were, uh, I think, uh, close to to uh, 300 employees and 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 uh, business was blooming you know so it was uh, was a, a fantastic uh, place to be you know and suddenly i get a call from my brother and saying oh, we are selling ourselves out okay uh, what's happening oh uh, my brother had the two companies he, he wanted to start and 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 he needed the money from a media planet and and uh, uh, we were forced to sell uh, our part in media planet and and uh, he, which he did and and uh, we split the money between ourselves and and uh, he put uh, two two companies, uh, you know, um, in 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 Stockholm up and running. And then suddenly, I didn't have the the energy or 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 the passion to be in Media Planet anymore. So then I it comes to the, the this thing of uh, moving again. <laughs> So I didn't know what to do. So so uh, I took took a few weeks off, and, and uh, I went to to visit uh, my friend in Switzerland. Uh, and he talked about you know starting a, a publishing company in Switzerland, and I I said let's let's see. But what I didn't know that he had already lined up all meetings down in Switzerland. So so. I flew down and, and we had the meetings with all the major newspaper houses and we started with the best ones first and then we went our, well, uh, all the way down. And when we came to the last publishing house, they said, yes, uh, and this was, in, this was in June of uh, 2005. Uh, and they said, yes, uh, we, we want you to start making uh, supplements in our newspaper. Uh, when, when will the first uh, supplement come out? And I said, 17th of November, I <laughs> just blurted out. <laughs> so, so, and I said, yes, let's do this. And uh, that's not a problem. And, and uh, I uh, flew home and I came to my girlfriend, and, and, uh, which I had met in Halden. Uh, and I talked to her and I said, uh, I got good news and I got bad news. Okay, uh, what's what? what uh, what's the good news? Ah, we are moving to Switzerland. I said, 
and what's the bad news? She said, oh, well, I'm moving tomorrow. <laughs> so actually, I just packed the car full of clothes and Christina was absolutely shocked because uh, I'm so impulsive, you know, uh, uh, and, and uh, I put, packed the car full and, and I drove down to Switzerland and I started the company down there and uh, I didn't know a single word of German. <laughs> Uh, very naive. Uh, had to learn the hard way uh, through meetings. Um, and uh, uh, I was successful down there as well. Uh, not as successful as with Media Planet in, in uh, Scandinavia, but it was a little bit different uh, business climate. Uh, I had to go in, in a different way towards the client. It's, it's more uh, official down there. It's not uh, as in Scandinavia, where everybody is high, Nikki, or high. Uh, Christopher. It's a little more formal in uh, Switzerland, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, you, but I was pushing myself, you know, and, and uh, learning by swimming, I always call it. I throw myself out in the water and I'll test if I can swim. Uh, so the, the, just going back to the relationship with Christina, that was because of the environment you grew up in where, well, I suppose you putting, uh, having your goal of proving yourself, that became, and because of the lack of emotional intelligence there, was that you felt that you would justify to kind of do this impulsive move without consulting her and it was like oh she'll accept yeah. it yeah because i was so self-centered i didn't even think about on her side what 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 would uh, this implicate implicate to her you know uh, by uh, rooting her up and, and moving her to 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 switzerland you know that that was completely out of uh, out of my scope you know so i was just thinking about myself uh, nobody else do you think that's quite common uh, with entrepreneurs uh, that are driven like that? I'm not going to make a blanket statement that all are, but uh, do you think that is one aspect that uh, helps very successful entrepreneurs to uh, drive that way, uh, to put, basically put all their eggs in one basket, which is their... Yeah, uh, I I was so um, what, what do you call it when you put horse uh, this for Tun horse tunnel vision? Yeah, it, you got bl put, blinders on. Uh, I had blinders on, and I only saw the goal. I didn't see anything around me. Uh, I didn't see how that would affect anybody because I didn't have the emotional uh, capacity to understand that at all. You know, mm. so and and and. Uh, I think I was a little bit narcissistic as well, you know, uh, self-centered um, and, and also having a lot of baggage. Mm. So, so uh, and I just expected Christina to follow. I didn't, I didn't even uh, question her, do you want to do this? Yeah. So it took Christina about uh, seven months to move down to Switzerland. And for me, it only took a weekend. Mm. I was a week uh, down down in uh, Switzerland and a weekend at home to decide that we are moving down. <laughs> so so uh, and and it wasn't asking; it was telling them this is going to happen. Right. 
And and uh, we started the same thing there. You know, we had the, suddenly uh, the business was booming. We were selling advertising in the newspapers, and uh, we had fifteen salespeople, freelance journalists. Uh, we had art directors, and you know, suddenly it was a huge machinery making uh, you know uh, thirty-five uh, to forty newspapers a year, and and looking to expand into Milano, and and you know, it was really you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Strange meeting meeting other people in the same situation where uh, it was like an echo chamber. You know, you 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 met the same people who had family offices and and, and businesses and so on. And we were going to dinners and uh, it was going to be posh and and uh, and to be a publisher in Switzerland is is a huge deal. You know, yeah. so. So you get you get to the black tie events and and uh, you have dinner every evening and uh, uh, wine for lunch and 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 so on. So you're feeling top of your game, right? I was, I've I've arrived. I've arrived. <laughs> I've really arrived, and 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 uh, uh, this so accumulated to 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 the absurd, you know. So so. Uh, uh, my relationship with my wife. Uh, we married in in the middle of this. We married and I moved uh, in Norway, and uh, it was going backwards and forwards to Scandinavia, showing up to all my boarding school friends <laughs> to show off how successful I was, and then back, you know, and not taking care of of uh, me or Christina or 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 emotions at all. But if we look at all the friends uh, from boarding school, it was almost important for everybody to show up that same way, right? To show yeah. off. And yeah. certainly some of our friends were uh, are very successful either because of their, own, of their own merits or they've inherited companies or whatever it is. Uh, and there are some that are not so successful and they're still laboring under this, this idea that they have to be. And this, that's the... Uh, I think the challenge for uh, if you come from a, a kind of industrialist or upper class background that, you know, you're supposed to be something. And if you're not, then you're not worthy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And and it's all about who you hang with and, and who you are and, and, and what you've done. You know, that's that's the only thing that matters. In so this it becomes case. kind of empty. Very empty. Mm. So it's uh, no, no, uh, you know, it's emotionless. Mm. I can say. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, everything went, went fantastically. I was earning a lot of money, and 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 it was going going great. I I made I signed contracts with all the major newspapers uh, because we started with the small ones, and then we went up. And suddenly I had, uh, you know, made three-year contracts with all of the newspapers down there, and, and, and uh, which was one of the most stupidest thing I've ever done. Because I thought uh, that, that uh, we were just going to carry on growing just like uh, we had done with Media Planet. Mm-hmm. And then it was the 4th of October in 2008. I remember that date specifically because... That was the day when the phone started to call and the advertisers were pulling the adverts from the newspaper. And I wonder what's what, what this? And we were right into the new recession. Right. And I had to 
uh, pull the plug on everything because uh, there were no newspapers uh, to be published or 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 or, or uh, I couldn't I couldn't pay the the salespeople uh, so so uh, so I had to stop everything and I invested everything into the company all of my own money and and. Uh, I tried to, to I, I had money on account, uh, but I also couldn't take the money out because I already made contracts with the newspapers. So I was in a dilemma, what should I do? And I just had to make that company go bankrupt. <laughs> and there I stood. And I had no money to, to, to go back to Sweden and I didn't want to go back as a failure to Sweden. And uh, I I didn't know where to 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 do a restart. Mm. And my wife had had uh, started working in in Switzerland at the time. She she worked for Google at the time in Switzerland. And I couldn't pull her up because uh, she had a very good job and got an income coming into the family. And 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 uh, uh, I was so unhappy uh, after that. Then. That was really the start of something, uh, not a solution, but but the start of 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 uh, mentally uh, un, unwell and mentally uh, unstable. Uh, so are things obviously at this time things are still piling on. We're not starting to unravel things yet. It's still no. piling on, right? It's still piling on, and and and. Uh, I uh, of pay. course, you're not. You don't have the success of the business to kind of keep you buoyant. Uh, now things are just piling on, and you're starting to sink, right? Yeah. So now I'm thinking fast. I'm thinking really, really fast. Uh, uh, every time I put my head on the pillow at night to sleep, uh, my head was spinning like a windmill, and I, I was thinking about the people that I'd fired. Uh, uh, how to pay the next bill, uh, how to pay the next rent, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, my medicine for this was to start uh, drinking two glasses of wine every evening just before I go to bed. And uh, it relieved somewhat, but, but, but uh, it became worse, you know, and I, I started, you know, taking three glasses of wine at the evening and then uh, four glasses uh, trying to apply for jobs. And in Switzerland, when you lose a company, it's not like in the United States that it's a merit. It's, it's, uh, it's something frowned upon, you know. Uh, uh, if you lose a business, you're, 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 you become persona non grata. So nobody wants to touch you. And still having friends uh, who are are uh, inviting you to dinner parties and so on. I was I had to sell my watch uh, to 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 pay for food and uh, then uh, you know uh, getting the invoices at home. <clears throat> it came to the point where I didn't even open the post. So as, as soon as the post came, I took the bills and I put it into the to the dresser and I closed the door and then and then I. I I didn't even open it and I tried to get jobs everywhere and at that moment I also thought how should I get out of this 
I saw one way because uh, one of the newspapers that I had produced was called The Spenden. It's a charity newspaper, which was uh, a newspaper that we sold really, really well. Uh, it had uh, like $200,000 in advertising for one newspaper and it cost us uh, uh, like $30,000 to produce it and distribute it. And, and, and we were really doing well on that. But we lost the business and, and I said, this doesn't feel right. So we've, we, we, we've done a newspaper and, and the, the charity organizations are paying way too much money uh, for something that they don't even get anything in return. And then this was the stage where I started to, to build the idea of target aid. So I did my brainstorming. I did uh, during the day, I was sitting writing business plans because I couldn't get a job, so I had to do something. So, so uh, I was doing business plan, meeting up uh, with investors, trying to get them on board. But my mental health was you know, de 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 uh, declining at the same time because I was drinking more uh, I was less re representative uh, because I was looking tired and, and I didn't get good haircuts. Uh, my clothes started to deteriorate. Uh, you know, it was like uh, the whole thing was was uh, like falling in on itself. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get any jobs, so I was trying trying to do my, my best. So so my wife pushed me then uh, to, to get a job for Google. And I was at the first interview at Google and, and, and uh, uh, I, they wanted me to be at the street view, looking at maps, uh, looking at directions uh, and, and uh, putting data points on the map. And, and I couldn't even see the map properly because uh, my eyesight had been become a bit worse. <laughs> Now I got now I got uh, glasses to, to to be able to see, but I didn't I couldn't even afford for that. So I didn't get that job, but then she found me another job, uh, and this was uh, cycling uh, for Google uh, with Google's uh, bicycle. So uh, my job was to drive around in a van with a bicycle with three wheels with a big computer on and, and uh, nine street view cameras to, to drive, pedal into the parks. And I was doing this and, and uh, I was getting a little bit of income and that was for uh, six months time. And, and uh, I, I started to get a little bit back on my feet, but, but uh, not, not as a, to pay all the unpaid bills. Um, at that time, we also got evicted from our apartment, so, so we had to move into something small. Uh, and then it, winter came and you couldn't cycle during winter, so, so uh, then they had a project for Google Street View, but on snowmobiles. <laughs> and they asked me if I uh, had any experience of driving snow, snow scooters and snowmobiles, and I said, oh, I've got five years experience, I said. <laughs> I had never sat on a snow scooter in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the job uh, for a Google snow scooter and, and uh, I traveled around uh, in all the Al Al Alpine uh, ski resorts in, in, in France, uh, Germany and Italy and, and uh, Austria and Switzerland. 
and uh, I had my bag and box uh, wine with me. And, and at every ski resort I came to, I was Mr. Google. So everybody in the after ski department was buying me drinks. And, and I, you know, it started, you know, this whole thing, you know, drinking and then working and and. I was in such a state uh, that uh, I, I, I wish I could take up a picture to show you. Uh, I have a few pictures uh, that I can show later, but, but I was uh, not looking very, very... Uh, I looked scruffy. Mm. That's a good, good word to say. And I worked seven days a week because I was paid by the hour. So um, I worked for nearly, uh, nearly a year straight going in the Alps, uh, going up to Sweden, Norway, to all the ski resorts and, and then uh, mapping and, and meeting people. And, and and I was so low in myself. My self-esteem was rock bottom. Uh, uh, every time I woke up in the morning, I felt terrible. Uh, and, and I didn't drink during the days. So I drank during the evenings. So, uh, and I was, uh, then I was a heavy drinker. I was drinking like... Uh, two or three bottles of wine every evening. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, I was coming to the end of, 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 of my, my uh, Google trip and I came up to, to Svalbard and, and uh, I was, no, no, I was in Trondheim uh, and, and I was in Mo Elven Ski Resort and, and this owner of the ski resort gave me the phone number of somebody. I don't know who's this. Oh, this is the Sami people. Uh, you have to take some pictures of uh, where they where they live. And then I said, okay, I'll uh, I'll call them. Yeah, but if you call this number, you have to buy a lot of alcohol. And no problem, I said. <laughs> you know, I had a. Uh, I went down to the the, the liquor store. I buy. I bought uh, you know bottles of vodka and uh, wine and everything. And and I called this number and and. Uh, uh, this Sami person answered. Uh, Sami people are like the uh, Indian people of of uh, the Indians in America, but uh, they are from Scandinavia. Just so you all all know. Uh, indigenous. Indigenous. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's 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 the, the right word to use. Uh, indigenous uh, people. And and a very kind voice uh, answered the phone and he said, "Oh." Um, meet me on the road between this uh, village and this village. And it was like uh, 50 kilometers uh, between these two villages. So it's hard to say where on. on. And he said, at, 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 meet me at three o'clock. So I, I sat, 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 sat into the lorry with the uh, snow scooters in the back and I was driving along this, this, this road and it was you know, 10 past four and then quarter past four. And suddenly, you know, after a, a bit, uh, this person was standing on the side of the road and it was dressed in, in indigenous clothes. And, and uh, I stopped and uh, I, is it Ola Mikkel? I said, yes, it's Ola Mikkel. Uh, so he jumped into the lorry and directed me off the, 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 the road and then up to the mountainside. And we took out our uh, snow scooters and, and uh, we drove up the mountain. 
and we came to a, a, a tippy. Uh, it's uh, it's called lavo. It's called lap <laughs> a tippy uh, or a lavo. Yeah. La, it's called in uh, in Nor- Norway. Right. And uh, inside, we started the fire and was lying on 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 this uh, caribou uh, 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 sort of um, skin. <clears throat> And uh, we were sitting talking, and, and after a while, he, he, he looked at me and he said, you are depressed. And I said, no, no, I'm not depressed. And he kept on, no, you are depressed. No, I'm not depressed. And then after the third time, you know, he's saying that I was depressed. Then I, I told him my life story uh, uh, of hardships and losing businesses and, and, and struggles and, and uh, everything that I had, you know. And he just listened. He didn't say anything. He just listened. And then when I was more or less finished, you know, uh, and I was becoming a little bit awkward because I was just talking, talking, talking. Uh, he said, I'll be back in 15 minutes. So he went out the, the, the tippy and disappeared, and I was sitting there, and, and it t- didn't take 15 minutes. Uh, it, took, it took two hours before he came back, and he had taken a reindeer uh, on a sled, and, 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 and he had mounted the sled on the reindeer, and he asked me to, to sit uh, in, into that sled. And he packed me up uh, with with, with uh, um, all the skins and things up to my uh, face, and I couldn't I couldn't move because my arms were locked into the sled. And he took me up the mountain, and uh, I think it was another forty minutes or forty five minutes or something like that. And then we came to a place where there was uh, five teepees, and then there was eighteen uh, Sami people standing in a round circle. And they parked the sled right in the middle of this. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps when I'm talking about it. Oh, even now, sorry. <laughs> they parked me in the middle of this um, a circle of, of people and everybody came and put their hands onto me. And, oh, I get all good. I'm sorry, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, no, it's quite the experience. Please continue. It it. It was the first time I have felt spiritual in my life. And, and I have uh, I've never laughed that much in one and a half weeks as I did with living with these people. These are, um, these are fantastic people mm-hmm. who, who give so much love from themselves, which they don't own anything. They 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 are there to only uh, take care of things because it's not. They don't have any property, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they they own things, but the, but that's that's the the cap the 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 the, the business system. Uh, but but for them, they're just borrowing to the next generation until they pass on. And and uh, this Google equipment which I had. Um, Doing the mapping of the of, of the mountain ranges and, and so on, uh, you have to close down the computers in a very specific way to to save the data. Uh, 
and you couldn't just uh, switch off the generator to to power off the system, you know. So uh, one of the days we were up um, uh, taking pictures of for for Google, and and suddenly he just jumped up uh, from the snow scooter, and he went and switched off the the the, the system. And I thought, my man, in my mind, now we've lost all the data. But then he went down on his knees, and he went like this, and then he went like that. Uh, on his knees, and I asked him, "What are you doing?" I'm asking the the valley if I can enter, and I'm thanking the valley for having us. You know, and that was the sort of people uh, that he was. He unfortunately he died uh, last November, uh, not this November, but last year in COVID. So um, I'm a little bit sad about that because he was a fantastic person. But it didn't help me uh, dealing with my my emotions. Uh, it helped me uh, open a door to the spiritual, uh, but it didn't heal me uh, as a person. You, you started asking questions at this point. Yes, it started with many questions uh, in my head, and, and 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 I didn't know what to to think or believe or or or. How to 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 deal with it because it, I I was in a dark place I I um, I didn't you know really speaking I I, I didn't want to live I think that uh, every day was a struggle it felt like uh, walking up uh, Mount Everest without any oxygen uh, it was every breath was hard for me mm. you know. Because it was trying to survive, trying to get out of this. You know, I can, I can feel, I can start feeling the the the, the feelings from from them. Uh, so anyway, uh, I I I finished the job and and uh, went up to Svalbard and then went back and delivered the snow scooter and and uh, I was exhausted, um, run down, and uh, I didn't know what to do. And my brother, he was living in Dubai at the time, in Ras Al Khaimah. So, so uh, I went down there to to help him take care of his kids, and and uh, so I thought of going down for for two weeks and then coming back back up again. But that was the next journey, that my next escape. Uh, I've been escaping from myself uh, my whole life. So when something is bad, then, then I move uh, either city or country. I came down to Dubai. Uh, I didn't stay for two weeks. I stayed for two years. And uh, the first couple of months was, was uh, great, but the tension between me and my brother was uh, growing stronger because I was not, uh, not feeling good mentally uh, or stable. I was drinking too much and, and uh, uh, it, was not, uh, it was not a good situation. Which is clearly added danger of drinking in a country in the Middle East. Oh, you, 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 you're allowed to drink in Ras Al Khaimah. You can. Uh, uh, they have liquor stores in Ras Al Khaimah. In Dubai, you can't drink. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, you have to drink on the resorts in in Ras Al Khaimah in in Dubai. But in in Ras Al Khaimah, you can drink from the liquor store store, but not out on the street, but yeah, at uh, at home, you know. Okay. Yeah. I did. I took a job with a Jordanian businessman uh, that I met through my brother, 
and uh, this Jordanian had he had uh, ten companies. Uh, all was going really, really bad, and 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 he wanted me to help him doing a turnaround for this business. And and I was running around uh, becoming his uh, right hand man for this, uh, going into one business to the next business, and and what everything was like uh, leaking money and didn't have money, and and uh, he was also very very low uh, with his feelings, and and uh, he was some sort equivalent to me, but I tried to help him instead of helping myself. Mm. But you could see a mirror in him. I could see a mirror in him, and 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 I tried my hardest. I thought if I help him, I help my, uh, I can help myself. Mm-hmm. And and uh, in the middle of this, we had the right contacts. We were meeting the sheikhs, and we were meeting, uh, you know, uh, large businessmen, and, and I was uh, right in the middle of this. So. I had seen on TED Talks, uh, I don't know if you've seen TED Talks about Alan Savory, uh, how holistic management of animals can reverse uh, the de- de- desification. So I took, to, took a, and sent an email to, to the Savory Institute asking uh, for, for uh, an audience uh, with, with Alan Savory. And, and, and uh, I... I promised something that I didn't have. I said that uh, I have the land, uh, I have the contacts, let's, let's uh, start a project together. And, and uh, me and this Jordanian businessman uh, received an email back and said, yeah, we are interested in, in going forward and, and uh, when can we come? So uh, we arranged uh, for them to come down to, to, to Rafal Kaima and, and uh, meet, meet uh, the sheikhs and, and, and see the, the land. And we did this for two years, uh, ne- nearly two years in, in, in uh, Dubai and, and uh, Abu Dhabi. And that was a fantastic experience. Uh, we were uh, trying to, to reverse desification and, and uh, get the, the ecosystem back on its feet. And, 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 and we had a proven model. Uh, Alan Savior had done, uh, I think, 15 million hectares of, of land green with the help of animals on five continents. And, and uh, we were uh, sitting drinking coffees with the sheikhs. We were flying military helicopters all over uh, UAE and, and looking at sites where to start and, and so on. And six of the seven sheikhs uh, were very w- w- willing to, 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 to start, but uh, the seventh sheikh uh, of Abu Dhabi said no. So uh, we, didn't, uh, we weren't allowed to, to, to continue this, this project. So after two years of work, uh, I had no money whatsoever. I had uh, changed uh, the wine towards uh, vodka, and 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 uh, I was drinking a bottle of vodka every evening. Uh, I was in such poor condition. Um, I lived in a. In, I lived in the office uh, of of the company uh, out in the middle of the desert uh, on a on a sofa, 
uh, no running water uh, and and no food, no petrol to put in the car, and I was down and out. Then I called a friend and, and said that uh, I'm uh, really, really in deep uh, trouble here. I need help. That was the turning point of of, of my life. Uh, so what, what was it? Because uh, it's one or two ways here. You continue down the straight street or pathway, and or you take it, uh, make a turn. What what is it that triggers you to actually call for help? Because I I know myself. You know, calling for help is hard enough as it is. I had two options. I had uh, taking my life or ask for help. And I, I, I tried to see what, how I should take my life. If I was going to jump from a skyscraper or jump uh, in front of a, a lorry or, or uh, uh, drown myself at sea. But something said to me that I shouldn't do it. I don't know what it was, but but uh, I reached out to somebody that I knew had been in in my situation and 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 asked for help. So, did you feel courageous at that time, or did do you reflect back now and see that as courageous? I don't know if I was courageous. I think it was. I think I was such a coward because I I, I didn't uh, didn't want to take my life, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't want to go to my family because I didn't want to be a nuisance for them. And I I I I gave up. I said I came to the bitter end, and I said to myself, I can't I cannot do this anymore. Mm. So, so now, now it's rock bottom. Now it's rock bottom, living in my house uh, with camels uh, lying and walking outside the house and, and uh, really uh, feeling, feeling uh, rock bottom. I came to the doctor uh, because the friend that I had contacted uh, sent me money for a taxi uh, so I could get uh, to the hospital and, and I came to the hospital. The hospital wouldn't let me in uh, because it's it's forbidden to be an alcoholic. In uh, in uh, you're allowed to drink, but it's forbidden, and it's uh, actually you can go to jail if you are an alcoholic, but not if you are a a uh, drunk. Then then it's not a problem. So for six hours, I was uh, waiting outside the hospital. Uh, my my shakes were coming in uh, through the picture, and 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 uh, uh, if 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 I, I if they didn't take me into the to the emergency, uh, I would have gotten a stroke or something because I was in that bad situation. And I got uh, you know I got B twelve vitamin shot in my uh, bum, and then uh, uh, they gave me. Uh, four uh, Valium tablets and they said you have to leave the back door. If you don't leave we call the police and you get get in jail. So uh, at this moment I I, I, uh, uh, 
was able to come uh, out of the hospital and and uh, the day after was my first uh, meeting in in, uh, in in a program for 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 alcoholism and and uh, i didn't understand anything you know at uh, so many things had happened until i came to this point at, at the hospital you know uh, I, I remember i was driving the car uh, in dubai and suddenly upside down as uh, everything became upside down so it was like the gravity was pushing the car into the earth but i was hanging upside down you know it was uh, Something a chemist, the chemistry inside the body wasn't uh, wasn't there. Mm. Uh, the doctor said I had Werner uh, uh, Korsakoff syndrome, uh, which is very uh, severe uh, alcoholism, which which affects the brain and, and nerves and, and and so on. Anyway, I stayed in Dubai for two weeks, and I I got uh, my friends uh, to 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 help me with tickets and and negotiations with my parents, and I came up to Stockholm again with two suitcases and and no place to live. I had separated from my wife, and I was completely uh, alone, and and I was homeless in Stockholm. And this, this this is the time I met you, Christopher. <laughs> Do you remember how I looked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, were you scared of me? <laughs> you know, at that time I was, you know, sleepwalking through life myself. Um, I didn't have the uh, challenge with the alcohol, but you know, I was at the, uh, you know, I, I was also under this living under the illusion of uh, you know what I should be and why everybody how everybody else saw me right mm. um, so we have this uh, you know Carl Rogers talk about the external locus of evaluation um, where you look at how you expect everybody else to see you and that's the that's the evaluation you make of yourself. So if you don't measure up to that, then you are uh, continuously striving to catch up with that, but you're never catching up to it because the energy you hold inside is incongruent with what you're trying to catch up with. Mm. Um, so yeah, so from that point, you know, I. I didn't have the emotional intelligence or the uh, empathy or the, I had the empathy, but, uh, but I didn't understand what it was. Because mm. like you were saying uh, about the, you know, laying off people and so forth, you have these emotions that are coming up and you don't understand what they are because you haven't experienced them before. Uh, mm. At that time, whatever comes up, you know, you do what you always do, suppress mm. them, right? Yeah. So from from my point of view, uh, you know, when I met you at that time, yeah, it was probably scary for me because I didn't know what how to react or how to interact, right? Because, mm. uh, you know, it was too much for me to deal with. <laughs> as yeah. So um, and today I can, you know, uh, when I... Or at that time, when I looked back on it, um, I felt ashamed that, you know, so when I look now where I'm, I'm today, I'm like, 
well, this is what I could have done, but I didn't have the resources to do that, right? Mm. Uh, so you, as they, uh, you know, uh, say in uh, uh, in the four agreements, uh, you know, you can only do your best, and that was my best at that time. So, mm. but yeah, continue, and uh, then you, we we had some further interactions. We did some work together, or. Uh, but yeah, continue on. Uh, see how this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the thing that happened then, you know, I was uh, I didn't know what, where I was and how I was doing it. But but I managed. Uh, I had problems tracking the day. I didn't know which day it was or date or 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 anything. So every morning I woke up. <laughs> I had put in uh, to my calendar in my phone uh, where the different meetings were for for uh, for uh, AA, which I was going toward. Right. And and uh, I I I only lived uh, going to meetings at that point. I I went to I think I counted it all and it was 134 meetings in 90 days. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't understand where, what people were talking about at the meetings, but something pulled me back all the time because suddenly I I didn't feel alone because I I, I had felt alone, uh, misplaced uh, throughout my life. But suddenly I was it was okay to be me, you know, and and and. Uh, People were still scared of me because I, was, I must have looked so so uh, scruffy and, and, and down and, and out. But uh, but I was trying to find the positive uh, side in, in in all my meetings and and, and um, trying to relate to other people and and this helped me bit by bit of of, of coming back. But it was. It was baby steps. It was uh, it was um, it was minute by minute uh, of life. It wasn't uh, you know no I have to do this and that and the other. It was just doing small tasks uh, that I, I, I thought I could be able to do. You know, uh, eat, uh, sleep, and go to meetings and listening to people. Well, I mean, if you look at uh, clinical depression on its own. Uh, just get a, getting out of bed is a yeah. challenge, right? Yeah. Now, let alone, you know, resource yourself to actually take food out of the fridge and make yourself some food. Mm. Uh, you know, brushing te- your teeth is like that. That's like a mountain itself in itself to climb, right? So mm. now you have clinical depression, but you have the alcoholism on to deal with on top of this. So the is. AA is that your only resource at this time, or are you uh, or are you working with the psychotherapists or? No, I, I've got my wife uh, who is in her own program, uh, so so we help each other, we spar each other, and. and uh, okay, so you're back I'm with a, the Christ- uh, your wife at you, this time. You, yeah, after six months uh, coming back to Stockholm, going to meetings, I started uh, meeting her again and date, dating her again. And we had been separated for two years. So when I moved to D- Dubai, uh, we separated. And I, I uh, separated from her because I wanted to, to, to uh, 
uh, do my thing and, and restart uh, my life. Right. Uh, but it was totally uh, wrong to go down the Dubai uh, place. But but I lo- I left the most fantastic woman for 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 nothing, you know. Mm. Well, that was, again, it was the best you could do. That was your resource at that time. The resource was to escape. You know, you were the only one who was going to be able to do this. Yeah. As opposed to gathering people around you that love you and like the, the Sami people up in mm. Norway, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, these people that really never met you before that then are able to recognize you for who you are and see beyond the physical. Yeah. Right. And that that's, I think that's such an important lesson for anybody who's challenged or dealing with anything that you don't need to do it on your own. Hmm. You, you can't do it alone. No, but it's, it's that connection and that companionship that then allows you to gain strength. And like you say, with your AA meetings, that you're not alone. No. And you're not, you're not the only ones uh, suffering and you're not the only one in struggles, right? Mm. But it was like uh, I had like a concrete uh, hat on, you know, and slowly but sure, it was, this hat was lifting up. And... <laughs> I think when when I started dating Christina again, I was starting to 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 understand the feelings in an other other way. I was learning what a feeling was, mm-hmm. and it's that 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 journey of learning how how my what a feeling is. It it lasted for four years. Well, still goes on. <laughs> yeah, but but to, to, to for me to come out of my shell, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I, I was afraid of absolutely everything. Mm. Uh, I still got fears today, but but I was afraid of breathing. I was afraid of saying something wrong, mm. and and all of these layers that you're talking about as well, you know, from my from my childhood and and dealing with it and. and you know slowly getting back you know and, and getting my first job again uh, so a friend of mine got me a, a, a job within a, a, a online casino uh, which I I needed a job but I don't like uh, gambling uh, but uh, I came in uh, I could see that I had a value suddenly, you know, uh, I was earning money again and, and uh, it was a slow process of, of coming, coming out of this uh, rabbit hole because uh, I was so deep. Did you find that there was a grieving process because now you are transitioning from a persona that is completely different from where you were before and your value proposition is has evolved from this drive to be seen as someone successful as someone that is just living i have uh, i've left my my armor uh 
at that time when I when when I hit rock bottom and when I started turning my life around, I just dropped it as a ball. Uh, I told everybody uh, that that uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm depressed. I'm I'm uh, alcoholic and 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 uh, I'm over and out. And, and I, I didn't me. want take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Uh, this is me, and and I give up. I I I don't want to 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 be something that I'm not. But it, was was that was that refreshing? Was there a sense of freedom in that? Yes, uh, but it took time to come there. You know, it it doesn't go overnight and say, yeah, now I'm I'm this type of person. It, it's, no, it's, no, no. it's it's a process that that you you give away lit, a little bit and then uh, checking uh, how does people respond when I'm open and 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 so on and and then you you start seeing who are my uh, true friends and who are my not uh, my 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 people that don't uh, accept me for who i am and i think uh, being myself uh, is is the best uh, has been has been the best medicine and is is the best medicine that i've used uh, ever okay so realizing who you are and accepting who you are and showing up authentically every day as well yeah right yeah now is is there something uh you know do you feel at that time did you feel well if my family doesn't accept me then screw them kind of thing or is that 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 was a decision you kind of made at that point yes so uh so uh uh i i i i let go of of uh, my father and my brother uh i've been uh, always been been very close to my mother so so uh, for, uh, we are we have an extremely strong bond mm. uh but but it it was the relief of of, of saying enough is enough and and, and giving up. So the, so I've been swimming against the current for such a long time, trying to be somebody that I'm not, and 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 uh, and, and expect. So every every time I've promised something or or said something, and 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 uh, I'm going to be a billionaire or I'm going to be a millionaire and so on. I put a little bit of a pressure on myself, mm. and and by saying it once or twice, it doesn't weigh much. But uh, if you've said it like uh, ten thousand times, and then it, the pressure of of realizing and 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 and, and uh, to do it uh, is so hard, so it breaks you down. So every lie uh, that you do, uh, I, I remember I could even lie about sitting on the tube uh, on my way uh, home to my wife uh, uh, when we got to back, back together. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'm at this train station. But really speaking, I was at several train stations behind. Uh, so I was lying about the, the small things. Right. So but, this is this pattern you needed to change as well, right? Yeah. So I, I gave up lying and, 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 and said the truth instead. instead. And uh, uh, it's been half truth and, and, and it's, uh, it's been a whole truth, uh, but it's been a process. 
Yeah, and I, mean, I think this is a good time to just show my appreciation. I see on the chat here that everybody's sharing their appreciation for you showing up authentically and uh, sharing so uh, in such a raw way about your experience. It's uh, uh, magnificent, magnificent to see, Nicholas. So I appreciate mm. that. Um, but now we are moving into... Yeah, another chapter, yeah. right? Now we're moving into success uh, part of, 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 of the thing. And we're not talking about monetary success necessarily. We're talking about mm-hmm. real success. <laughs> real success and relationships and, and, and getting the, the, the uh, understanding feeling. What is the feeling? Also, what is happiness? And, and, and how, does, how does the happiness feel? Also, is it pointy? Is it round? Is it square? Is it uh, also... Uh, soft, it has, hard. <laughs> yeah, it's soft, hard. Uh, it can, can it be a hard happiness or a soft happiness? Or, or uh, what is frustration? Uh, and, and I have never... I wish it was a book when you get... When you got born, you got a book... And talking about feelings mm. and and our uh, school system has never taught uh, me or or my family or or any of my friend's family what is the feeling oh god no no, no it's, it's, it was it's uh, in... it was frowned upon to uh, show feelings or to talk about it it was like you're you're strange <laughs> yeah and and even failures that's a and 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 uh, it's quite funny now. Uh, working with my colleagues, I I, I start meetings uh, uh, saying that I've done all the. I wrote all the books. What is that? I've made all the mistakes in the book. Yes, I made all the mistakes in the book. So so, and and when I when when I use that phrase uh, with with people, then suddenly their armor goes down mm. and suddenly it's allowed to talk about uh, feelings and frustrations and, and uh, angles and, and, and you know it's you get a communication instead of living two lives where you have to have the successful life and, and, and the, you don't have to show any feelings to to being more open about feelings because uh, everybody has feelings or should have at least yeah. Uh, no, it's, then, it's good no, to have feelings. <laughs> it's good to have feelings, and, and uh, so it's okay to be sad. Yeah. And if you are sad, stay in the feeling and feel what is why am I feeling sad at this moment? Yeah, it's that being able to observe yourself as opposed to reacting to it, as well, yeah. right? or or flee from it. Yeah, well, yeah, escaping from it exactly. So, from your perspective. How important is it as an entrepreneur to show up as a role model? Yeah, it's not important at all to be a role model. It's it's. I want to be there for people. Yeah, and 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 if it's a role model or not, uh, I don't even think in these uh, terms. Uh, I don't try to be a role model. Uh, I can only be the best part of myself. I can I cannot be anything else. Well, there's a role model in my book. (laughs) You know, being well, showing up, being authentically you, and being uh, being honest about who you are. As you say, you know, I made all the mistakes in the book. Allowing others to uh, 
express that as well, uh, then you are taking a step outside of the societal norm, aren't you? Mm. Um, which in my book would be a role model. Mm. So do, yeah. you, do you think it's important to show up in uh, with that honesty and with that authenticity? Let me phrase yeah. it like that instead. Yeah. I think that, that that's exactly the, uh, the what what I think. If 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 you're not honest with yourself, uh, how how should other people trust you? Right. So for so. you now, as you progressed and you've gone through your journey, what's the definition of success? It's sleeping well at night. Uh, it's uh, having a good meal. Uh, Having good friends, also, also, I don't need 100 friends or 500 friends. I need three proper friends that I can say exactly what I uh, feel and, and, and uh, that, can, that can be a support. Because if, if I have many friends, then, then suddenly it becomes hard to, to maintain the friendship mm. because it, it's a relationship. So you, you can you can you can know a lot of people and you can be friendly with a lot of people, but to have close uh, friends, it 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 it, it demands a a, a uh, also it's um, it's hard to to, to really uh, so uh, for example you and me, Christopher, yeah, so, uh, we haven't spoken in. Uh, how many years is it? Four or five? Uh, well, last time I saw you was probably in Stockholm, and that was probably 2014, 15, or something like that. Uh, yeah. And we've probably I've spoken with you about Target Aid since then. So, yeah, in, in, in that time, it's probably been a couple of times, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so we we are friends and and and, and uh, but uh, we haven't main, maintained our friendship. Mm-hmm. So uh, and a friendship has to be maintained, and yeah. and, and uh, it's hard to do that with with uh, hundreds of hundreds of people. But because then you're going to sit on the phone all the time, and you're going to feel a lot of pressure to to uh, um, follow up and, and and take care of that friendship and and uh, for and. Suddenly, you come out of the blue, and suddenly we get it becomes friends again, and uh, so you, you can shift uh, the close friendships uh, along the way, and, and 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 but then you have to maintain it. Otherwise, you 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 get apart again, and then you meet in another place further on uh, on the life's axis. Well, and, uh, my very sage friend and colleague, Barbie Layton. Uh, usually says, you know, you, people come into your life for a recent season or lifetime, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there could be many different reasons throughout your lifetime or many different uh, seasons during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. That So people can come and go. And um, I think the one of the aspects there that are talking about relationships as they ebb and flow, uh, if you are always showing up authentically and you are showing up uh, honestly and you know this is what you get kind of thing 
then it is easier to pick up where you uh, left off because mm-hmm. you, you it's you you still get what you see so there is uh, that authenticity that you can reconnect with very quickly and uh, you know i think if you if you are aware of your own emotions, then you can tap into the other person's emotions and mm-hmm. kind of feel where it's at, you know. And clearly, you know, I contacted you this time around uh, on an intuitive hunch. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was I wanted to talk to you about your journey and so forth, especially now coming up to Christmas and the holiday season, uh, which is challenging for a lot of people. So I think it, it is partly that story of hope, but then also wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the work that you're doing in terms of giving back to uh, society um, mm-hmm. or kind of your, your new idea of business success, you know, what, what's, what's your purpose as it were, but um, as we can see from uh, uh, other discussions, there are many other reasons why we were put back together now. So uh, mm. we're, we're very much looking forward to those conversations as well. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, what is your purpose? My, my purpose is, is making a, a difference in some sort of way. Uh, I have... Uh, let go of of uh, the greed uh, and and I have let go of of me as as a facade. I don't want to uh, try to be somebody that I'm not, and I want to do things that that really matters to other people. And and uh, it's been, it's been inside me for 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 many years. Uh, but since I be, since I've been able to turn my life around, I have decided to 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 become the person that I really want to be. Also, I want to like myself. Right. So uh, from inside out, not 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 from from uh, the material things that is around us. Because it's like the Sami, they, they, they don't own anything they're, because they just borrow it during the time of our life and then we, we, we move on. So I want to make an impact uh, in people's lives. Uh, if, it's, uh, if they don't know about it, that's the best. <laughs> then I, then I'm, I'm the most happy. Um, and that's what I did with the... Uh, Target Aid, which I started, uh, that I started in 2016, even if the idea was already inside of me by 2008. Uh, so it's taken a long time for people to gain the trust back into me and believing in me mm-hmm. in order to invest in, in, in the company that I had a vision about. And if you ask me about... Uh, what I wanted out of it, uh, my only criteria that I had uh, for Target Aid was if if it saved one life, it, it has already paid itself. Right. And now it has uh, saved many, many lives. Why don't you tell people a little quickly about uh, what Target Aid actually is? 
Target Aid is a platform. Please uh, use the metaphor you told me and Barbie about the other day. <laughs> she liked that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, it, Target Aid is as uh, iTunes was for the CD uh, in in the nineties uh, and in the early two thousands. Uh, I see that that a charity organization is a CD. Uh, they say that they are uh, dry, uh, driving uh, towards a certain course, but but uh, for example, if we uh, name one, for example, uh, cancer, uh, uh, cancer has many different sorts of cancer. It's got uh, leukemia, it's got uh, brain cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and so on. But when you donate money to a charity organization, uh, it comes into their account and they then choose where to put the money. So uh, this month we are going to focus on on, on uh, brain cancer. But if I'm donated money as a donor, I haven't been able to choose which area I want the money to go. So maybe my course is is is, is uh, uh, breast cancer. Mm. So that, that's what we have done. Uh, we have done just like iTunes, lifting the project out of uh, the CD, also the, the charity organizations. So when people donate money, they donate to the course and we follow the money all the way to it, get, come to the course and get feedback back what's happened to the money. Right. And we don't take any uh, money or transactions uh, fees uh, for that at all. So, so we 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 are only caring about the money coming to the right course. Uh, and then we have an, an other business model, uh, earning money from uh, businesses that want to show off uh, what they are doing for charity. But then that that's uh, something that the companies and and. Uh, um, sports organizations pay for so so uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a great idea and and uh, it's been growing uh, in Sweden uh, and it's become the Sweden's uh, biggest uh, charity platform at the moment and uh, we have expanded now uh, open office in Amsterdam London and uh, we are thinking about uh, opening in the states uh, and Norway will start in February. So the uh, and you were talking about uh, you know you've hit some bumps on the road with target aid as well many times. So what is it that you feel is different hitting the bumps now as opposed to before? It's uh, accepting uh, problems as they come along and, and be able to deal with problems uh, because uh, it's. It's, it's not problems, it's challenges. It's, uh, it's something that you can solve. Anything, you can solve anything uh, if you want to. So it's, it's actually uh, how, to, to, uh, how to see yourself in the position of the problem. So the, uh, and I, I think that's a really key component there because I do exactly the same thing. Well, that's not why I think it's a key component, but, uh, but uh, changing a wording from problem to challenge, right? Yeah. Because uh, oh. problems, problem, the, the word problem has this idea of uh, failure and impossibility in it. 
uh, whereas yeah. challenge is something that you strive to overcome. Yeah. So, uh, so do you feel that the fact that the money, or the the greed, is no longer involved? Do you feel that has a major impact on that attitude? Very much. So, so uh, I think even even the investors re- re- relate to this. Uh, they want to be with something that that, uh, that they want to come in to the company and, and want to invest, not because of of uh, uh, return of investment, but for the good cause and and also to to make an impact. Have you found well, it challenging to find investors who? Yes, uh, that viewpoint. It's it's gone from challenge to challenge. We also we have we 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 nearly went bankrupt eight times uh, during the journey until we are today, and and uh, we have had so many uh, situations where we have been uh, nearly pulling the plug and saying Let, let's end this. And and uh, but then we have been sitting down, and then we have brought. Br- br- if you have a challenge, you have to break it down into components that, that you can handle. And, and it's prioritizing on the, the challenge itself. So you, what I do is I'm trying to get a system in where I can see, uh, uh, put it like uh, A, B, and C. Uh, on, on the A is the most important, B is the second important, C you can take tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you uh, you put uh, how many A's in the problem do we have, and how many B's and C's, and then you you can uh, say okay, which is the most important from from the A's that we need to do, and then you can handle it from from a smaller. So it's it's not eating the elephant. It's yeah. uh, that's the you know uh, when when people are asking about how how do you eat an elephant. It's it's by one one mouthful. One, at a piece, time. one piece at a time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so, so the 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 uh, so we're looking at compartmentalizing the challenges and dealing with with one thing at a time. Uh, now, when you address these problems today, are you addressing what? If you look at the priorities, what are the? What do you look at first? You know, do, do you do you go for the the money problem first, or do you look at, or do you kind of treat all the challenges with the same uh, same kind of uh, perception? Uh, now I I, I use uh, my friends and and also my business partners in the problems uh, that we are, we are challenging. So we, we are we are discussing always in between ourselves and and. I can't see all the, the the I can't see the forest for all the trees are standing in the way. So if I have a, par- a partner that sees the different angles, it's it's uh, the it's the four level uh, le- levels of listening. Uh, if if you've heard about that, uh, you can li- listen from within and then just uh, just hear yourself, or you can uh, glance at somebody and and listen from somebody else, or you can stand from outside and looking in. Or you can debate it on on on, and I'm more to to debate problems with other people and say right. this is the issue. Uh, what are the solutions? That's fantastic. When we're um, okay, so Barbie is asking, how do people sign up for the service? So target date is that 
can you use that in any country in the world or do you have to have an office or do you have to open up the market as well? Uh, we've, uh, Sweden is an open market uh, at the moment. Uh, we're opening up the Norwegian market and we have got, uh, the, especially within the sports industry, we have a contract there. So Norway will be open in February. So uh, if I'm an individual in America, say, can I use TargetAid or... Yes, you can. You you could use Target Aid and you could donate into Target Aid, but but uh, it's adopted for the, the charity organizations in in uh, in uh, on the Swiss on the Swedish market. Okay, so, so if I'm a charitable organization in America, uh, would I be able to list myself on uh, Target Aid at this time? Uh, as soon as we push the button, we can open America, and then and then we, we can we can uh, generate content on the, on the platform, and it's very easy to do. We have a fantastic onboarding process that anybody could try, mm-hmm. if you're in a charity organization or or if you are an individual or. So that so there is some uh, back end work that you have to do in order to open up a market, as it were. Yeah. From a legislative uh, point of view and stuff like that, right? Yes, correct. Okay, so are there are you going to have demands on people to have uh, you know charitable registrations like in America they have the five hundred three one C. That's correct. Uh, we've done that with Sweden and we're doing that with the Netherlands and the UK as well. Uh, and we're going to do that in the Americas. Uh, the ones that, that uh, especially within the sports sector, which is, uh, you know, uh, the grassroots uh, sporting uh, organizations, uh, we go through the mainstream, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, for the uh, whatever umbrella organizations, and then and then uh, we get a list of all the the the, the uh, small sports uh, places to, to to be able to to show them the product and let let them uh, have our software. So it's it's not it's not a complicated uh, onboarding. Okay, okay. But we have but, to make sure that the, the, it's the right uh, organization that gets the right money. It's uh, very important. No, absolutely. Um, I'm sure there's. Uh, it would be ripe for scamming energy if there wasn't. So, uh, yeah. And that's uh, awesome that you 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 have a, a safety net in place for that, or safeguarding in place for that. What What's good about Europe here is that that uh, the organizations that are in Sweden is also in Norway. That's also in the UK. That's also in uh, you know. So so you you got about fifty uh, percent of the same organizations that are across the whole of Europe. So it's very easy to to go into the charity market in that way. Right. Uh, then in America you have uh, different other options like the Charity Nav- Navigator and and uh, other organizations where. Where, where where they are trying to 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 do the same, but but they don't have the software or 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 the uh, possibility of doing the same thing that we are doing. That's awesome. So we're we're definitely looking forward to seeing you grow and expand in that that space. So this episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast, uh, I've decided to name it uh, Conscious Entrepreneurship. So going forward. I know from my my experience and you know the people I work with and the this kind of networks and the spaces I uh, kind of find myself in now 
the idea of being conscious and charitable and you know uh, collaboration and giving and you know this idea of competition and the greed and all of that is kind of taken out of it in for the general population how do you how important do you think or do you feel that uh, conscious entrepreneurship is going to be for the future as we kind of move into uh, the new generations extremely important um and any business that i go into i i start with the why why should the the people uh, buy the service or or, or the offer you know mm. uh, it has to also, if you have a business your your product and service has to love the user and and the buyer uh, so they should feel the love coming out through through the product and if if you show them love they will be uh, the best supporter and the best ambassador of your own product okay so it's the kind of the idea of if you put the right energy into your business and the people and uh, the, that will then permeate into the product or service that that will then be kind of carried on and uh, carried forward to, to the, cons- uh, the customer or the client or the consumer. Mm. So they, they feel uh, you can feel it when you buy a product if it's done with with uh, you know uh, craftsmanship or, or or energy or you can feel the usability of, of, of the product that is made for you. Uh, then, then it's easier to adopt and, and easier to 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 promote to your friends and, and say, okay, this is this is the product I bought, and then be proud of it. You know, it's so, so many things uh, that you you buy for Christmas, uh, like uh, tiki taki things, and and you see the the, the producers they they not put any love into it. It's it's may, maybe. Uh, it's made in Taiwan or 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 uh, in, in in China, and 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 it's just a piece of plastic, and it looks uh, okay, but it's not it's not like it's not something that you feel good about selling. Yeah, yeah if you understand what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and so you feel that from a consumer point of view, uh, now you're in Scandinavia, and I think it's more prevalent there that buying decisions are made based on how do i feel about this product yeah uh, you know what what's the company stand behind it are they ethical are they you know is it being produced um are they environmentally friendly is it ecological and so forth is, is it made to last you know this is a new so is it made to 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 use a bit and then throw or is it made to last Mm. Uh, how how awesome wouldn't it be to have a mobile phone that was uh, designed to last uh, uh, 10 15 years and then and then uh, uh, it would still be as good then than it is today you know for example they just passed passed the law here in the uk that uh, if you make white goods or electronics, um, the consumer has a right to have it fixed. Yeah. So uh, the white company or the companies that make electronics they, they sell here in the UK have to carry uh, spare parts that mm. you can then buy uh, as a consumer. Uh, so you don't need to be a, a technician or whatever. Um, so that you can fix uh, the the. Uh, 
the, the electronics that you buy. I, I rather sell something for more money that will last than, than uh, for less money that doesn't last. Yeah. yeah yes, Barbie. Hi, Nikki. I've been going back and forth with working, so I really wanted to make sure that I tuned in. I love this conversation. And I'm just wondering, do you see that this kind of business model that you're focusing on that's more heart-centered and focusing on what the needs of people are and bringing all of this charitable organizations of where everything gets to the right people. Do you see this having kind of a snowball effect and being able to kind of like move into all these other different markets? Because I just see all of these different streams of, of things happening for your company and other people that it just is mutually beneficial. And I love the fact that your business model is win, win, win for everyone. I think that when they are built around that, it's like they just have this positive effect on mm. all the people that they touch. Yeah, I do. So I, I think uh, that's the only way to do do proper business. Uh, so it's it's uh, you've done it uh, for so many of thousands of years, and then uh, suddenly uh, you come to to this day and age, and then it, it the the soul has gone out of product uh, of of the different products. We have to put the soul back mm -hmm. into it. Yes. Ooh, I love that. That should be that should be your tagline. I think one of the most amazing things that you say is that I love that makes it in a snapshot of just like a little <laughs> you saying iTunes for charity. I mean, you say that and it's literally like that is just such a perfect thing because everybody can totally understand that. But yeah, putting the soul back into the product. I mean, it's almost kind of like the batteries are not included. So you're putting the batteries into everything and you're putting it, you're infusing it with love and beautiful energy and, and kudos to everything that you have had as your triumphs and tribulations that have brought you to this moment. And the fact that you, you didn't allow these things to defeat you. You instead really, really fought for your message and you really fought for your purpose. And as a result, so many other millions of people are going to benefit. So just kudos to, to your journey and everything that you've accomplished so far. Thank you. And uh, just leading on to that, there's a question in the chat here, and uh, we can broaden it uh, a little bit. But uh, the question is, you know, uh, how have you reconciled your uh, relationship with your brother and your father? And but that I suppose reconciled all those old relationships that don't serve you any longer, uh, mm -hmm. because you know there's one you have one aspect of kind of separating from it. But unless you reconcile with it, they're still going to be dragged with you. Yes, and, and uh, as as I've done in in in, in uh, my program of recovery that I've gone through myself, uh, uh, I have reconciled with everybody that I've uh, had a uh, issue with, and and. Uh, with my father, it it uh, we 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 are great friends at the moment. Uh, uh, he is in a bad place uh, at the moment. Uh, he's got Guillain-Barré syndrome and is uh, paralyzed from his neck down. But uh, we speak a lot uh, every week. Uh, I sit by by him. I've uh, for the last six years. I've told him that I love him. Uh, and uh, he never says anything back. So, so I I continue my mission of of uh, lobbying him. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it's like talking to a brick wall. But it feels good from my side. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 that unconditionality. You know, you you had conditions put on you from the get go that you 
you know, if you you get this car for your graduation, but if you don't do as I say, I'm going to take the car away from you. You know, uh, I have no grudge against him anymore. No. I had a lot of uh, issues with with my with my father and my brother, but now it's it's it seems so far away. So it 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 doesn't even come across the table that uh, I uh, I sit and talk with him and and we can uh, you know I always talk from uh, from the bottom of my heart and and uh, with his illness that he has he can't uh, walk into the next room he has to listen <laughs> so so uh, he's he's uh, uh, he's he's, uh, he's a funny guy but but. Uh, I love him. So, well, and it's as I said, it's being able to move into that unconditionality. You know, you tell him that you love him, and you don't expect the response back, uh, and you're okay with that, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I talk about in my coaching uh, workshops. I talk, you know, when we look at experiences, we talk about compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. So you've shown compassion to him uh, or the experience you've, experiences you've had with him. And you accept yourself and his journey, right? Mm. You, you don't kind of put any value proposition on his journey in that respect. And forgiveness. And mm. then finally, the, the gratitude, were you able to, or did you see any need to kind of gone any gifts from your experiences as you know uh, that it's given you drive it's giving you resilience it's giving you uh, these different things or do you feel that's unnecessary uh, it's uh, for me it's 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 i accept him for who he is and and and, and uh, without him i wouldn't be alive so, so uh, uh, I wouldn't be born. So, so uh, I have to be grateful for for everything that he's brought, uh, and uh, uh, he's uh, brought may- maybe a lot of sorrow during my my uh, time of growing up. But I didn't put any boundaries. So, so I accepted uh, his actions uh, when I was young, and I, I accepted his actions uh, when I was in my thirties. But. You know, he has he has a struggle within himself. You know, so it's it's hard for me to to judge him in in any kind of way. And and his uh, his mother and father was uh, not not very nice to him when he grew up. So so uh, you can't blame him. No, no, no I see. I see that. I mean, you've really stepped up and you you've broken that karmic circle, right? Because. You have, there's a tendency for uh, ancestral or family karma to go down the generations because you raise your children uh, from a subconscious level as well and from your core wounding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really commend you on breaking that karmic cycle. And, uh, you know, that's why you, you're you getting a lot of <laughs> karmic uh, benefits now that you're moving into this new uh, or you're in this new phase of your life. Um, but I can also hear there's a lot of gratitude. You you are able to see the benefits that you uh, your tough upbringing, as it were, ha- has brought you. Because how would you else be able to move into this kind of radical forgiveness 
if you hadn't experienced that. If you no. had nothing to forgive, you wouldn't be able to move into radical forgiveness, right? No. So that, that I would see as a, a gift that you were able to get from that. And of course, you know, he gave you life. And seeing I, I life as a gift is, uh, you know, the biggest thing. I, I, I want to put, a, put a, a quote from my grandmother. And she does this uh, every morning. And she says uh, every morning that she wakes up, and she's 94 at the moment, uh, she says, I'm grateful that I'm grateful and therefore I'm grateful. And I'm happy that I'm happy and therefore I'm happy. So she uses that as a, a chant in, in every morning and, and she she has this positive energy uh, that goes through all out all the day and, 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 and she goes to bed happy as well. Well, it seems like you've been able to unlock that that karmic energy within yourself um, mm -hmm. and uh, really uh, you always exude this uh, joyful uh, joy uh, from from your energy and uh, I, I will say I mean I remember from you know I met you the first time I think it was 16 um, you know you, you always had this joy about you uh, mm -hmm. but of course with all the conditioning and all down top it, it always shone through so uh, i'm uh, really grateful that you uh, for you that you've been able to work through that and come uh, really live now your life from the perspective of this joy and flow that you have in your life yeah so uh, that's uh, truly amazing nikki uh, your story is empowering it's um, uh, touching Throughout your uh, this uh, uh, kind of storytelling here, I've uh, tried to keep my composure. So, <laughs> but uh, it's it is an empowering story. It's uh, especially when you have this turnaround, right? So, uh, um, really appreciate you showing up with uh, such uh, honesty and authenticity here today. And uh, thank you for having me. We wish you all the best going forward, and I know you have a lot more fun projects coming up that we can uh, talk about another time. I know there, some of them are kind of under wraps at the moment, so we, we shan't uh, speak publicly about them. Uh, but uh, we'd love to have you back on uh, the Arkham Experience podcast again, if you uh, would uh, be so inclined. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Nikki. Wish thank you, you a happy holidays and uh, all the best to you and your family. Thank you very much and all the love to you all. Thank you. The power of self-reflection and forgiveness is uh, just astounding, isn't it? We certainly all have the capacity for the uh, love and forgiveness and acceptance and compassion that Nikki displays. But uh, certainly we all have to do our work to get to that point where we can... And Nikki has certainly done the work to uh, establish a foundation for him to move through these challenges in a, such a beautiful way. If you want to spend some time working on uh, these types of uh, aspects within yourself to help leveling out and uh, to build this platform to progress uh, in your future, then uh, certainly uh, contact us at the Alchemy Experience, uh, our coaching workshops. We uh, do this kind of work with you. Just visit us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk and there you will find a link to 
book a 30 minute uh, free consultation with us. We also have the infinity.life where you can go and explore tools and practices to work through your uh, core wounding and your energy blockages as, such as limiting beliefs and so forth. So that is the infinity.life. I'm sure there's several aspects of this uh, podcast that has uh, resonated with you. I know it certainly has for myself and uh, the audience that we had present at the recording of this podcast. So take that to heart and uh, perhaps uh, work through those uh, things that resonate with you in your next meditation or meditations for the next week until our next episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast which will be out on uh, every Friday 11.11am British time. So until next time, take care.